Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic is the use of model portfolios, an increasingly popular, though still minority, trend among financial advisors. Financial advisors used to pick mainly stocks. Then came mutual funds, which drowned out all the stocks. ETFs were next to be fruitful and multiply. If you're a financial advisor, you already know what the new craze is because nary a day goes by without a new model portfolio service reaching your inbox. Asset management firms offer these models, as do investment research services, large and small, and you hear about them on a daily basis. The model portfolios raise numerous questions for advisors, one of which is, am I undermining my value proposition as an advisor vis-a-vis clients by outsourcing the building of my portfolios? The answer that model portfolio vendors will give you is, of course not. Let us focus on what we know best and you can devote yourself to what the client really needs. Close contact, behavioral coaching, or financial planning. And yet some advisors may be worried that using a model, let's call this one middle-aged pre-retiree couple with a moderate risk profile, may gloss over important individual differences. To which the model purveyors will reply, we're talking about a template. Even you would need to begin with a template that is relevant to most people of a certain description, and then we customize it for you. Both sides of this argument appear reasonable. The inclination to cater to the client and the implication that people are alike in fundamental ways, and there's no need to reinvent the wheel. In the hopes of better understanding this issue, I suggest we look at one of the most popular and best-known portfolio models familiar to advisors and ordinary investors alike. That is the 4% rule. Financial planner William Bengen's theoretical model of what might be a safe withdrawal rate allowing retirees to not exhaust their savings over a 30-year retirement. Now, many advisors do not like the 4% rule, but let's assume for the sake of argument that it is a sound model. And yet, how many people are misapplying it? Do the people taking out 4% per year realize that, mathematically, they must ensure that the portfolio's returns exceed 4% each year to avoid depletion? Second, are they accounting for inflation and thus targeting a real rate of return? That is because 4% in year 1 of the portfolio will not have the same purchasing power as 4% in year 20. Third, do investors realize that following a flat 4% withdrawal rate will necessitate steep pay cuts when ordinary stock market volatility reduces the size of the portfolio, sometimes for years at a time? If you take up the same amount in a down market year as in year 1, then you'll be withdrawing 5, 6, 7, or 8%, which will certainly deplete the portfolio. In a sense, what this example goes to show is that the model producers do have an argument after all. There are a million and one ways to botch a model portfolio. It may therefore actually be an advantage to have portfolio experts provide guidance, as these firms typically do, coaching the advisor on implementation even as the advisor is coaching the client. Still, there's plenty of room to be wary. Some firms produce model portfolios with only their own products. Others use all sorts of sophisticated metrics that can target certain risk levels, exclude unwanted industries, or overweight preferred investment factors, but they still don't know your client. 
My conclusion, therefore, is that advisors should figure out which approach will result in the best possible outcomes for clients and make absolutely sure that they can transparently explain to the client what they are doing to add value. As we conclude this podcast, I want to mention the launch of another one, Seeking Alpha's new Let's Talk ETFs podcast, hosted by my colleague and friend, Jonathan Liss. The podcast explores ways ETFs can help investors reach their financial goals. I encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others might discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.